You're listening to the New Utah Podcast with your hosts, Bree. People can say my name and I still don't pay attention. Chris. This is what happens when your number one health concern in the state is porn. Jeremy. Flicks it and then walks out and just kicks the living crap out of whoever. And Julia. This week on Julia does everything that's embarrassing. Episode 314 of the New Utah Podcast. Pie. Not a, oh, it is pie. Sure. Pie. We should have had pie today. Well, we do have pie and beer day coming up in a month, so we can always what? Pie oh, pie day. and beer day. Pie and That's day. in two months, dude. Well, um, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's almost a full send two months, like less than a week from yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I was gonna tell you. So this morning we went on a walk uh, at butt crack of dawn, like pre dawn. Well, the butt crack of dawn because dawn was starting to happen, and I was like. Those have to be planets. Wow, I got really loud on the mic. Yeah, you did. Sorry you about yelled. that. <laughs> I'm like, those, those, like, because you can see three. And then I was like, ah, fuck, we missed the meteor shower last night. I don't know if anyone watched it. Oh, I didn't. I didn't. There was supposed that. to well, be. Well, there might have been. I don't know. I they have don't, no idea there was one. They don't know if it was going to be good or not. It's from an asteroid that broke up like 20 years ago. Hmm. Um, that was supposedly supposed to enter the atmosphere last night and have a meteor shower. Anyway, I looked up and there's not really a lot of stars visible. It's a really clear sky, uh, for the first time in days. But it's and bright. Like it, like you said, like it's starting to be, it's starting dawn. to be bright. It's dark you can outside, see the sun the behind the mountains. The sky is east. blue now. Like, right. and, uh, you can see three incredibly bright spots. Like one is like sort of red. Super reddish. sparkly bright spots. And I'm like, those have to be planets because they're not moving. So they're not satellites. They're not space station. So we Googled. So I Googled what planets are visible and it was venus and mars and so i'm guessing those were the two right next to each the other red and the other and and then uh jupiter and saturn were also supposed to be visible so i'm not sure which the other one was there was another one that was not wow. quite as bright but pretty steady that i think must have been it's kind of rare to have Jupiter's, that many visible yeah. at the time what, what, which means and they were all just in the eastern sky for those those of you that care they'll be visible tonight as well yeah and if we have clear skies which i think we're supposed to um you should be able to see those now this was in the morning that we saw them in the eastern sky right above the mountains um, so i think it'll probably be best at like dusk just because well i don't know where they'll be uh, yeah but yeah, i'm just saying so like dusk. not quite dark enough to see normal stars but dark enough that these will be very obvious yeah, i just don't know where they'll be at that point in planetary alignment because the earth rotates so they'll probably be on the it other does? side of the sky <laughs> they have some really cool apps yeah, where you just wherever you are, you just hold your phone. I used you to have one on my phone, and I haven't done. I don't. Yeah. Know. Well, it's called like Stellarium is a cool one. Well, when Google first released phones, when they first released Android phones, that was one of the things on the Android phone. Will you push him off the fucking thing? Just push him. Our cat, our cat is on the table. He likes French fries, and Julia is currently consuming them. So I don't know that he would like sweet potato those. fries. It doesn't matter. He would still try them, and then he would probably he likes salt. Yeah. Mm. He's uh he likes there's only like two types of human food he'll eat. Even like meat. He's like, nah, I don't know if I really want that he and then eventually he'll eat it. Birds, fish, and salty like french fries or chips. Hmm, yeah. Or uh he will uh eat he has one cat treat that he likes. One. Sounds like Rocky. He's, He's so, so picky. freaking picky. He yeah. wants treats. He just doesn't like the treat. Yeah. He likes Same that you're Boone. giving him to him. Yeah. yeah. Same but, with Boone. But then we he... got him little puffs that look like mom and dad's uh, pork rinds. Pork rinds. Because when you eat pork rinds, puffs. he wants one. So if you're eating pork rinds and you give him one of his, he'll eat it. Otherwise, he won't eat it. But if out of the blue, you just give him one of the doggy he pork rinds. Because he doesn't think it's a pork. He doesn't think it's what yeah. you're eating. Yeah. It makes sense. There was some other treat we were giving him. Somebody was giving him. 
I don't know, a little pork look. I don't know. I don't remember what it was. But I moved his bed in the office one day, and there was like six of them. Was it the cookies I got him for Christmas? Oh, that's what it was. Because I got him a bunch of like handmade, like sweet potato cookies. So he's taking them, but he's just stashing them in his bed. Because he doesn't really want them. Yeah. That makes sense. (laughs) I wonder if it has to do with the fact that his family moved away without him and left him to starve. Maybe he's just stashing. Because Boone doesn't have that problem. He just, he's just picky as all. Dogs don't have that kind of a long-term memory. I don't know. Rocky starts getting really anxious if we even pack a box. Yeah, well, well, so does Chopper. That's just... Who knows? He knows what suitcases are, and he'll, like, start following us Rocky's used to having someone home 24 fucking seven. There's always somebody. That's why. Doting on him and picking him up and petting him. That's why. So, our dogs are used to getting crated and us leaving them for hours and being just fine. They just fucking sleep all day. That's all they do. Um, It rained. A lot. Oh, boy, did it rain. It was awesome. It rained for it like... It was so annoying, though, to see sprinklers on. People, come on. Oh, yeah. God, that was the worst this morning. Like, really? Fucking rain for two days straight, and you're watering your grass. Thanks, jackasses. Drought's over. It rained. Yeah. I did get... So where we did the sprinklers last year, we took the fence out this year, and then where they redid the driveway, I did get all of that reseeded just before the rain, so oh, I'm super great. happy about that's that. That's awesome. Yeah, I planted a couple new plants in the garden last week. Um, I was going to go weed, but then it was raining all freaking weekend. And so I'm like, well, I guess, I guess I won't weed. So I'll yeah, same thing. And then, this week. W- then with all the rain, the weeds just explode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But that's okay. It does the plants really good. I have radishes that I think are ready to come out because they're starting to peek out through the soil. Oh, good. So uh, I'm going to pick them now. Um, I still think they're going to be your potatoes from last year. No, they're radishes. They're very clearly radishes. They're, they look yeah, different. Yeah, there's some. There's definitely some potatoes. There are so but... many fucking potatoes in that garden. Like, I'm pretty sure that's all I'm going to eat this this year is potatoes. That's good. That's okay with me. I'm fine with that. You can that. just start frying potatoes before we get here. Well, we you can that, eat them during... That cold potato thing that you've done in the past, that's really good. That potato salad type thing with the whole potatoes. Yeah, and... it's not cold, though. It's warm potato salad. Is it warm? With the vinaigrette. With anyway, that but one. But it doesn't... It's not like potato salad, like mustard. No, 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 no. I don't like mayonnaise on anything. When we do our Dutch really. oven potatoes. Yeah, really those good. are good. Yeah, so I, I, I will have lots of uses. I love potatoes, so they're not going to go to waste. I have purple ones out there somewhere. Somewhere. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. And blue ones, but I don't know if they're really going to come out blue. Um, so last, Probably purple. Last year we did the experiment where I bought a bunch from IFA and then just a bag of red potatoes from the grocery store, and they both grew the same. So this year, just two or three big bags of red potatoes from the grocery store. And just let them sprout? Yep. Do you buy them a couple weeks early? Yeah, and then let them sit out. I mean, yeah. don't put them in the fridge or anything like that. No, let set them, them in the garage. And who puts their potatoes down. in the fridge? Are yeah, supposed to people who only buy a couple of potatoes probably yeah, do. If that's they, weird. If they're kind of starting to go, if you put them in the fridge, they'll last. Yeah, because they'll stop growing. It'll stop them sprouting. Yeah. That's so weird. The worst is when you have a bag of potatoes and like one of them has the potato rot. And oh, it yeah. just fucking infects them all. That sucks. It so does bad. that with fruit too. Uh, yeah, like apples, and squash. oranges. One moldy fucking berry ruins the whole box of yeah. berries. That's so like so with my acorn squash and stuff at the end of the, the year, I have to kind of keep an eye on them throughout the fall and winter because you get one that goes and it just seems like they all. And so you just got to keep them like. Yeah. You got to quarantine them. it. Yeah. Separate it and, and then I, I check them every so often and then give the bad ones to the chickens. Yeah, I'm sure they hate that. They love them. Yeah. Mm, fresh sort of squash. We'll eat it. They'll eat anything. Yeah, they will. Hey, so the folks at um, Ink Against Cancer have their um, their sixth annual Ink Against Cancer. Blah, 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 e- 
Ink against cancer. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's going to be July 16th and 17th at the Utah State Fair Park. And they. So a little over a month away. Before yeah. Pie and Beer Day, Jeremy. Before. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Like, like right a month before. and a half from now. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, they, they just sent us the information on it. We have a whole bunch. I'm just going to kind of give you an overview yeah. of it. We could probably just give a brief overview yeah, and give more I mean. details closer. Yeah. To and it. then I think we'll probably just have a, a link in our blogs for the next little bit that you can go to. If I know you I guys put one. Put them in, in I mine. will add them. <laughs> I put one in, in mine. Well, cause but, you did the blog on them, <laughs> but they have four, um, sponsorship opportunities. So bronze for 150, silver 300, gold 500, platinum a thousand. Um, each one of them is your name mentioned and then some additional things. So we'll include that. Um, we'll include that link and, and you can go there and, and uh, ask them questions. And all of the sponsorships are for an official 501c3. You'll get yes. a receipt and everything yep. else. It's a charitable con- so contribution. You can also donate a basket. You, um, if you want to be a vendor, that's what they take for the vendor fee is. You can pay money that they'll go towards it, or and you can, stuff I think, or you donate a basket. Or I think their deadline amount. is like June 10th now, so. So you got another, another week and a half to, to try and, uh, donate stuff or, or work with them. If not, at least go show your support, get a t-shirt, there's shopping, there's a food truck, go get a tattoo or, you know. Yeah. So the anyway, we'll have links and all that kind of stuff and we'll just kind of share it for as long as we can up until we, the date. I mean, these guys, again, they're not, they don't, fund like cancer research like most of the the charities that do it they help the actual people yeah. that are down and out because when you get cancer you don't work you have medical bills pile up you need small things and that's what they help with um and if you want to hear more about them you can listen to 312 just a couple so. weeks ago yeah. uh we talked about them at length with them not just about them i think but it with them. might have been three because it was way before 312 what? that was been, two episodes ago might have been three because it, I uh, think everything was hinging on my blog. Maybe it was three. It was eleven. No, because that was well, maybe. I think it was three weeks ago. I don't know. You guys, now you're gonna make me go look. Because <laughs> one of them was my blog. Yeah, it was three eleven. Three eleven. Cancer is the episode title for that one. So you guys are right. Whatever. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember these things. I wrote one blog from three weeks ago. I feel accomplished. <laughs> Well, this upcoming weekend, we have a bunch of stuff. Um, I'm sure Julia has a bunch of stuff to talk about for Pride Festival. If you want to hear all the like super in-depth details for Pride Festival, listen to last week's episode. Because yeah. we're in the middle of Pride Week as we record this. Yep. Um, and uh, the festival and the parade is all this coming weekend. Saturday and Sunday, right? Yep. Yeah, the- Sunday is the parade, I believe, at 10. It's at 10 or 11, something like that. People will be like out there the night before camping on the street for it, so... Yeah. Um, remember, if you get a ticket, which you can buy online, they have an app. All of the UTA, so the bus, the front runner tracks, those are all free with your ticket. So you Please do that. Them. If nothing else, go park at the front runner station and take tracks up to the spot because there's going to be hardly any parking anywhere. Park at a track and station then, in the valley. And then please remember, no outside food or drinks, including water. They have water stations inside, and don't bring you your, don't bring your bring pets. Empty. Water you can bring an empty water bottle. bottle. Yeah. They have water stations. Don't bring your pets unless it's like an actual don't, like don't service your, animal. That's not a pet. So don't, that's a working don't animal. Bring yeah. Don't bring your pet. Don't bring your pet. This isn't like a market a for your doggo. Yeah. 
If you do want to take your dog somewhere, though, I don't think they have restrictions anymore for the farmer's market, which is also opening this week. And to add to the, don't bring your fucking dog there either, please. That's well, me no, asking. Well, no, I think you can bring your dog there. I want to take Phoebes there, but it and has to be a dog Don't that bring you're... your fucking wagon that holds three children. And all your strollers. And your giant and... fucking stroller. But if your dog's a jerk, don't bring your dog. Well, don't bring your dog at all. That's my mother. No, I... We like to bring feeds. Oh, I guess farmer's market, yeah. But it is uh, also the Saturday. Um, it's going to be so busy downtown. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. would love to go to the market, but I'm... <laughs> kind of pride. I think we're going to wait. I will be on the east section by 200th east. We, we don't do crowds. <sighs> it's right by all the food trucks. They stress me out these days. I can't handle it. because I don't. when you're younger, you don't even think twice about it. But as you get older, the thought of... Fighting crowds and parking and all that, just bleh. Yeah, you know, I, honestly, it's not even the parking, it's the people. And this is the thing, like, I have to really, really like something to make... Because I, I it's not that I have social anxiety, I just don't fucking like being crowded. Like, yeah. it, it just seems like... I don't know, there's... The, people are really bad at peopling these days. Like, they're inconsiderate <laughs> and... As a short person, like we went to the soccer game and I literally, I will have people just like totally step in front of me. They don't even see me. And then some guy like reaches out to give somebody directions and like I had to duck and he almost like smacks me in the face. No sorries ever. Nobody even noticed. He didn't know he almost hit you in the face. Nobody ever. I found you on TV. Gosh. (laughs) I sat there and watched the game with Brighton only so I could find Chris and Bree. And then as soon as I found them, I left and stopped paying attention. It was a really good game. It was a great game. We're in the same spot. I was like looking for a big dude and then like a little figure because I couldn't see like faces very well because of the way it would pan you guys out. Are up closer than it used to be, right? We're on row F. Uh, We've been in row F though for what? Five, four years? Yeah, maybe four more. Four five years? Four, maybe five. I think it's been long. It's been at least I think five. this might be the fifth year. This might be the sixth year. I think I it's been Is it the same as when I went with you? I uh, thought that was up more kind of... Yeah, I, know. I think you've it's been a while since you've gone with us because I've our, gone with Frank's people and yeah. met you guys there. Our, our seats, uh, yeah. When you went with just I don't me, think I think can, I was with the others. I don't think even if Frank got seats again, he'd be able to get them over there because that's officially Labada. It's been a couple of years because when no, Brighton and I would go do the color guard and I would just wander around on the field, I, there were a couple of yeah. times where I saw you guys up front. So I, I will mention, since we're talking about RSL, um, this is the it was the sixth straight home sellout. To start the year, which they is, kicked butt at that game, continues to be a record. Um, the thing that cracks me up, I haven't looked at MLS soccer today uh, to see what their power rankings were, but you know, Real Salt Lake is in tied for third place uh, in the Supporter Shield standings, which is the overall score for um, the entire league. Yeah, Real is third. Um, uh, are we third now? Did someone know? No, we're fourth. It's- we're tied for third. Um, but we lose on tiebreakers. Yeah, there's to like Dallas. to to sort that out. They they get yeah, down we're to the tied nitty-gritty. with second and third. Um, n- no, not in the supporter shield. Dallas is second, not in the supporter not shield. Not in the oh. supporter shield. Supporter shield is That's the entire said, at least. Yeah, we're, supporter shield is the entire league. We're tied for. Oh. we're tied for second. Uh, in the uh, conference. So there's so. kind of like three things that RSL is in at the time. There's the conference, the supporter shield, and then the one like just local. Oh, rival, yeah, it looks like Rocky I'm looking Mountain at the Cup. conference. Yeah, I don't count the Rocky Mountain Cup as anything that we're in. No, but it's it's something that you're just. But anyway, playing. my point is, after that, 
Uh, on Monday, ESPN released their power rankings, and RSL was at number eight still. Even though we've had the toughest opening schedule of the league, uh, and we're still holding strong at the top of the table. They had some really so. unattractive goals at that last uh, one where they just like, everyone just like fumbled and like kind of ran into it yeah, and the then Cord- someone else ran into it. And the then- Cordova goal was, uh, <laughs> it slowly them, rolled in. He really needed a goal. So that was really good. But some of but- them are, are what they call crashing the box, which is a whole bunch of people just running in and you just hope that there's enough people in there that eventually someone's boot finds the yeah, that's back basically of the net. What happened on two of those goals. Yeah, it, one of them was really good though. It uh, it is mind-boggling that they still have us down at uh, eighth in power rankings. Is is my point? But the the big deal is the stadium is improving every single game. That's they good. do new if stuff. Only the sound. Whatever. They'll get there. That's a really big undertaking. And I heard someone saying they're ripping out a bunch of the seats. I uh, think they're doing it down in Labada section, and I don't know. Are they putting in like bench they, seating? They might be putting in stands, so it's already bench seating over there. Oh, is it? Um, well, think- part of it is regular seating, and part of it is bench down the lower the is, yeah. But they might be changing it to be more like with other like supporter rail? sections, where they're, it's all standing with an actual rail, and then moving benches up top. Um, but they're doing something there, uh, because there's a long break here coming up. There's mm-hmm. an international window um so speaking of which the women's team's playing in salt lake on the 28th uh which is a tuesday uh, so we can't go i don't remember who it's against but anyway they're playing in in uh, utah and you should go well what if we make that our podcast adventure um we all go and we talk about it after there's no way (laughs) yeah the recording i guess we do those uh, on weekends never mind yeah it would be tough uh but anyway it doesn't matter um, it is a big deal to have those sellouts. We've never sold out all those home games in all the years. Even winning, like the cup, we weren't selling out home games like this. So to sell all these home games out is a is a big deal. Uh, and the new ownership is is certainly putting up some some money to improve stuff at the stadium. So. And you can tell that that they're sports people because kind of like against cancer mentioned, they're starting to put their name out there by supporting things, which mm-hmm. is something it's a big deal. Deloy never did because he didn't want to spend money. Um, but that's what, that's what endears They're doing people a lot more in the community. Yeah. And- that's what endears people to your team is they see it in other places and they see it in things that people that they care about. And there's a good, uh, it's a good team. I mean, it's a really good team. And if you're not, you know, if you're not a, a sports fan, I'm, I'm sorry, but you deal with it because I'm a giant Real Salt Lake fan, and this. I'm is, not a sports fan. I'm an RSL fan. <laughs> so yeah, um, I we do want to talk about something um, kind of funny and yeah. I, when this ha- when this news broke, it was like I I think I read it like five minutes after the story hit the hit the press. Yeah, I think you happened to be like on your phone when it was coming through. And or I was something. like, whoa, what the fuck? And I read through it. So. Um, uh, Utah, uh, Salt Lake Comic Con, or I guess now Fan X because of the loss of the lawsuit they have to, but that uh, conglomerates all the same people. Yeah. The, the Salt Lake Fan Experience, uh, which is the Comic Con group, uh, Dan Farr is, is the main owner. And at the time, for a long time, he was in partnership with a guy named Brian Brandenburg. And you'll remember a few years ago, right before COVID, I think it was 2018, maybe it was 2019. Um, it might have been the 29, I think it was 2018 into 2019 yeah. when this happened. So basically, there were a lot of problems at the, the fan expo in 2018. Um, a lot of, uh, 
a lot of accusations of sexual harassment from some authors and managers and celebrities. Some behind the scenes, some not behind the, the scenes. Cosplayers were having the issues. Cosplayers were having issues. Like it was a it was a big deal. Uh, and if you've ever been cosplayers, a lot of them are somewhat scantily clad because the costumes and the characters they're they're representing. That's just the outfits they have. Um, so anyway, Brian Berenberg was basically. I don't know how responsible he was. He was certainly the fall guy for a lot of it, and he stepped back away uh, from the organization as part of a move to try and fix their image. Uh, they did a whole bunch of stuff. They, they created like a community yeah. council thing. Well, and he had that PR thing that he absolutely slumped. Oh, it was just horrible. Like he, it was one of those things where you're just like, <laughs> it would be better if he said nothing right. instead of trying to apologize because he made everything worse and he he fought with fans on Twitter and so. Basically, he stepped back. He ended up selling all his shares out of, out of Fanex. Now, I bring all that up because, uh, he's going through apparently a, probably a pretty nasty so divorce. He's moved to Hawaii since. Um, so he's, remember, they lost a lawsuit and they owe money to, uh, San Diego Comic Con. Um, and he's no longer part of Fanex, this really amazing, giant, big entity that has become a big entity. Uh, and he's going through a divorce and he lives in Hawaii and, uh, I don't, I don't know where he's at in his life for this to happen, <laughs> but basically he wants the divorce finalized and the divorce is happening here in Salt Lake. He's in Hawaii. So he's calling Salt Lake County clerk, uh, to try and get the divorce stuff done. And they're like, well, it's, you know, it's going to be a holiday weekend. There's people not here. So he threatens to blow up the building. Now, when we tell you not to say bomb on an airplane and not to threaten things like that for a reason, because they're all taken incredibly seriously because federal buildings have been bombed before because people are fucking crazy. So anytime any kind of threat like that is made, they take it very seriously. He didn't stop there. No. He wrote emails. And in these emails, he said he was going to blow up the county building and, and the, and the, the, DA's, the DA's office. office. And he was going to blow up the, the, the stand, all the Ivy League colleges for some fucking reason. And then the cancer and center, the cancer center and the, the San Diego County courthouse. And so he was arrested in Hawaii <laughs> and he's waiting extradition. Yeah. Um, I wonder why on threats to, uh, blow up. County and city well, buildings, and especially if federal you buildings. That, and, that bomb in front of the DA's office just before COVID. Uh huh. That's some serious. Yeah, that's that's like they don't they don't take that shit joking. It's not funny and it's not in light. And they will prosecute. He was sending it to one of the news outlets here in Salt yeah, Lake. Like it's like, like he's. So I gotta wonder <laughs> like what has happened in his life. I mean, he has gone off a serious cliff here to. To be in a space where your mind is threatening those things at that level. And thinking like, it's okay. Yeah. And he's not joking either. I no, mean, I, I don't. Well, I mean, I don't think. I mean, I don't think he would have done it, but at the same time, like, he wasn't. But he wasn't saying it in sarcastic. No, and it wasn't no. like. And he didn't ugh. say it once and apologize. He said it multiple times and got worse. And, like, that's someone that's fallen off an edge and needs help, honestly. There's something going on. They need some serious help. But anyway, that was in the news. Um, <laughs> and we don't do very much news, but 
I don't, I don't know who put it on there, but I think it's incredibly pertinent. I, I found well, it and sent it to the group and then Bruce and then stuck I it said, on there. I said, well, Chris has found this too, so we might as well put it on here. So I, I Yeah, I read it. a bunch of stories about it. This is pretty fucked up, man. Like I'm actually pretty proud of myself. I put two of the four things on here and I usually never even look at it. Good job. Uh, yeah, and I'll say, um, I don't know, Fanex is in September, I guess. That's usually when it is, around right around Labor Day. We're not going, so. Yeah. I'm not going. That's the first well, year. For one, yeah, it's in September. For one thing, we've got a lot of weird stuff going on. Like, we've got we something at the beginning of July. We've got something at the beginning of August. We've got something at the end of August. Like, Yeah, I don't really have time to do something in September, but also... I don't know that it's a... So last year we went because we had tickets pre-COVID that when they didn't have the show. And so we went and we just didn't feel any obligation to be there. And we went late. We didn't stay long. The panels... The panels have gotten to be the same thing with the same panelists, which are no longer interesting. And that's what we went for was the panels. Well, and I know... The vendor fee is... Well, but and it's not even. I, I was mean, looking at great twenty thousand dollars if you want two tables. It's twenty thousand. Here, here's why the vendor fee is outrageous because big companies come and vend there now. Yeah, yeah. So and I know it's not really a, a small business. The last friendly. year that that uh, no. the the group of us did the panels and stuff was amazing and a lot of fun. The next year, you had to you had to put in a submission and you had to explain your panel all this kind of stuff and at the end of the day they just chose the usuals and it's the same people yeah and then beyond that those of us who used to do panels josh myself mark um we all just gave up we're like you have to write this whole thing this 10 page thing about your about what you're going to talk about and why and how and all this kind of stuff and then they didn't. That's like a whole essay for getting well, in college or something. And then they didn't even I use mean, you, any of us anyway. You have to think about this. They were getting to a size where they needed to start to weed out some of that because, you know, no offense to, to you or, or to Josh, but, um, you know, you do more in the community than Josh does now. Right. Um, and you guys are both great people and you've helped write comic books and you've produced games, but you haven't done any of that in a while. Right. Right. And so you're looking for current authors and stuff like that. One of the ways they get authors to come is they give them spots as panelists and give them discounts on their vendor right. space. And so that's a ploy that they use, which is why there's so many fucking authors that are on panels talking about shit that they're just fans of. So I know the very first year we went, they gave us our booth free. Yeah, because they were just trying to get people and to And asked do us it. to be on the panel. The second year, we were on the panel and got a discount on our booth. The third year, we paid for our booth and weren't on any and panels. That's, and that's just the growth and, of something yeah. like this. I and mean, I get it. I get it to a point. But, but they're, they're at an in-between stage, I think, where they have a bunch of... You know, they're decent authors. They're not all, they're not horrible authors, but they're not, it's not Stephen King. Like, Brandon Sanderson is still one of the biggest authors that they ever have show up there. Um, and, you know, he only does one or two panels if he's there and he's local, but like the rest of them, like, no disrespect to them, but they're not like superstars. They're not, you know, Dean Koontz. They're not, you know, those, those gigantic authors that, you know, it's right. And so, uh, and they're talking about fan stuff. And for me, I can only hear an author talk so much about the same thing because if I hear her talk, you know, one person talk about Harry Potter, they've heard them talk about right. Harry Potter. Well, and it's the same with the panels that 
just kind of are the same ones over mm-hmm. and yeah, over. Yeah, it's the same panels. They're not coming up with new ideas. And the in-between stages, because they don't have... Uh, they, they don't have the super big gets doing panels. So like, here's what happens in San Diego Comic Con. Like they have Hall H, which is like all the big premieres and all that other stuff, but they have other panels and those other panels have fucking famous ass people running right. the panels. Well, like the, like when they had Mark Camel, whenever that was four or five years ago, and then they had, um, oh, well, it's uh, big names. It, it doesn't matter. They had big names. Kind of there up front. Yeah, but that's just running the, that's just running well, the big and, stage. And I really think that they, they at least have one or two of those each time. And that, that's great. But I mean, they have, if you're there to see the superstars and you want to sit in the ballroom the whole time, then by all means go. That's like, not for me. I don't, I don't give a or shit. Or like about Jessica, that stuff. like she really likes stuff like that. She likes to pay for the pictures. She likes to pay for the autograph. Yeah. She likes that stuff. I want to sit in panels and listen to people talk about the things I'm interested in. And the problem is, is since it's the same people over and over again, it's the same things. Same yeah. panel. So you've all, you've been once, you've been all of them. Basically. Some yeah. of them I can well, talk about that, just as well as the people that are talking or better. Not just once. You guys have been to some of those panels two and three times. Yeah. And I, and I like more interaction. I think that's what I struggle with because we've been doing a podcast for six years now. And, you know, I sit around, I'm in my forties and I sit around with my buddies and wax poetic on fucking everything. And so my interest of hearing someone else in their forties waxing poetic on the same (laughs) shit, it's not the same. It's not the same if I'm not participating and it's not someone that I have some weird ultra respect for. Joining us this week is uh, Patrick Cat, a Patrick Cat tattoo. Welcome. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you for We are excited to have you on. We've actually, uh, before we got started, we were saying that Jess used to be on our show. Mm-hmm. You had done her tattoo a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, something like that. And so we've been following you ever since. And Julia is just now seeing his work. I'm planning my next <laughs> tattoo right now. <laughs> it is amazing. Tell us, can you tell us a little bit about what you do for those people who don't know just your style in general? Uh, yeah, so what I do, it's, uh, color tattoos. It's, uh, I call it a neorganic watercolor. And yeah, it's something pretty colorful, like pretty colorful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, it it's looks very bright. It looks like a watercolor. I mean, it yeah. looks like watercolors. That's yeah. hard to achieve with tattoos. <laughs> it looks like somebody just colored on an arm instead of a tattoo. <laughs> Usually yeah. watercolor tattoos come out like patchy, but they're so or saturated. <laughs> yeah, this is. This is something different. It's a, it's a mix of realistic, uh, style and watercolor. So it's not exactly watercolor. So that's why I call it new organic watercolor. Right. Yeah, it's so pretty. (laughs) Thanks. These are like right up my vibe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I, and I mostly do, uh, Portraits, uh, animals, and I say a lot of animals. Yeah, right? nature-related so like corgi. We're like we're kind of yeah. looking through some of this stuff. The little corgi. Oh, in the it's, a, it's a chihuahua. Oh, is it a chihuahua? Sleeve. I'm looking at it upside There's down a across bunch the of table. Different dogs on it. Oh, that's the cutest. <laughs> oh. So let's let's take a step back. What uh, what month were you born in? Month yes. December. December. So yeah. so March. So spring baby. Your parents were. <laughs> Getting together in March. Probably, I have never thought about it. <laughs> what, what, what was going on in March? Was there a concert? Was your parents doing something exciting? Yeah, I think they were living in in Mexico. Uh, they were in Ensenada. It's so that's cool. exciting. Yeah, 
<laughs> so is that where your family's from? No, well, they're from Mexico, but not from that state. They are from uh, close to Mexico City. It's oh, all okay. Morelos, the state. Yeah, that's a big. That's a big difference in everything. Area. That's <laughs> like that's going like going from Utah. Coastal to the yeah, yeah, up in the mount- Coastal high mountains. Coastal the mountains and yeah, Ensenada is just like close to the border. And, yeah. 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 So, so yeah. So they were on vacation. Vacation? <laughs> no, they they moved there. They, uh, uh, my father was a police officer. Oh, oh nice. He was working there, and then um, uh, my grandparents told them to ask them to move th- to New York. So they moved to New York, and I was born oh, in New wow. York. Born in New York. Wow. Yeah. So that's cool. <laughs> so I get. How did your grandparents get to New York? How? Uh, uh, I don't know exactly how. Uh, work. That was maybe like twenty years ago. No, 30 years ago, actually. More than 30 years ago. So your grandparents were already in New York and asked your parents to go there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, So cool. What did did your parents do for work? I'm I'm assuming, was he still in the police? No, my father, I think he was working at a a grocery store, something like, yeah, something pretty basic. And my mother, I think she was doing, uh, she was working at a factory for a, Dress, I think, something related to to clothes. Making clothes. And so then you were born in New York. Do you have other siblings? Yeah, I have two sisters. Were they also born in New York or were they born before you moved? No, they were born after and they are they are in Mexico right now. Okay. (laughs) Okay, so so you're born in New York. Where do you go? In in New York City or in just in the state? Yeah, in New York City. City. Yeah. (laughs) In the Bronx. (laughs) In the Bronx. So how how long how long were you there in the Bronx as a as a kid? Did you grow up there completely? Uh I was there for probably three, four years and then I went to Mexico for two years and then I went back to New York for another three years. And then again to Mexico. <laughs> oh, so you were like back and forth. Yeah. Like, what part of Mexico were you going back to? Was it uh, the same place every time? Yeah, yeah, Morelos. It's called okay. the, the state. Yeah. Okay, okay. So yeah, you. I'm assuming you have dual citizenship then, if you're actually yeah. born in New York, and then you've got. That's cool. So yeah. That's cool. Yeah. <laughs> so okay, so back and forth, back and forth. So like, where do you go to high school, or at least that kind of age? Was that here? In uh, the states, some part, or was that in Mexico? Both. both. Some part in Mexico and some part here. So. So how, I mean, I'm sure it's hugely different, but <laughs> oh, how yeah. was that doing some high school in Mexico and then some, was it, it was, high school in New York? Yeah, a part of it. It was kind of hard because the city where I was living in Mexico was a, a small city. So, uh, what they were teaching me there, it was pretty different than the, I was learning <laughs> here. And, and not, not only that. Also, like the cultural stuff. Like, oh right. yeah, like even like, it's like night and day, right? Well, yeah. Mexico, New York. I don't know if you could be any, <laughs> any opposite. Well, like, I yeah. think like Mexico City proper maybe is a little bit closer, but like oh, yeah. where where in Morelos were you living? It's that's clo- a bit away from Mexico City. Like it's uh two hours far yeah. from Mexico City, but it's a small city, so. Yeah, Mexico City is totally different. It's more closer to because it's yeah. gigantic. Size so yeah. huge. I've, I've I've been to Monterey, Monterey, and yeah. they say it's a lot like Chicago <laughs> <laughs> because it's industrial. Oh yeah, I mean there's touristy stuff, but not exactly. It's but not there's like, like there's like packed in cities, and then there's like sprawling cities. So Monterey. there's like Denver and L.A. Oh, yeah. Monterey, and then there's like packed. New York and Have yeah. you know. Have you so. been to Monterey? Yeah. It's, oh no, wait, to Monterey. No. It is. It is like Chicago. It is yeah. like packed in. And I was in the city. Oh, well. um, I like Chicago, but but it's very industrial. It's I mean, there's mm. stuff to do. But but regardless, taking a place like that in New York, maybe similarities. But mm. yeah, you could outside of the 
like of really the big, big cities, cities of Mexico, and I can't yeah. even imagine that night and day difference. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty different. Yeah. So, so you oh, went you went to school back and forth between the two. I mean, I gotta imagine that was really difficult. Like, just even what you're learning is so oh, yeah. so different between the two. Like, how was that as a kid trying to like? Was one seemingly Stay caught up more advanced than the other, or yeah? Uh, well, I still have like difficulties to to understand sometimes, like people from from my town in in Mexico and here, like because I wasn't like you in, in the same things. place like for yeah. a long time. It was just like some short periods, and then so the, so I'm just curious. The basic things like math and science and reading that had to have been totally different because yeah uh or, or was no, it i, mean, or I feel like that would be the thing that's more the same i feel like it would be like history and stuff yeah. like that that would have been a harder thing so how did yeah. you do in that, school? that that thing more like cultural stuff right yeah but yeah political sciences yeah things like mm-hmm. that yeah but like with science uh Mathematics and everything was okay. Like that was yeah. okay to transition yeah. Well, yeah, because like forth. that's I, the same mm-hmm. in English or yeah, Spanish. Yeah. I actually feel that French the, or whatever. I don't yeah. know. I mean, maybe, but having it taught in a different language, maybe a totally. Yeah, but if you're method, totally understanding, I like <laughs> I just feel like those are kind of like. Well, he lived like there. one plus one is always what uh, always two, right? Yeah, you can see what him Well, that's why he, he said yeah. he just agreed with me. It's like. His yeah. political sciences and histories, the cultural stuff is what was harder, right? Yeah. I actually feel that I learned more uh, about science and mathematics in Mexico than here in the States. That would make sense to it me. It was something more like advanced there. But yeah, it was hard anyway. <laughs> so where did you end up finishing up high school? Mexico or? Mexico, yeah. So that's where you go. So then, okay, so you graduate from high school. Mm-hmm. Then what? Uh, I was going to go to New York to study uh, uh, I even forgot about it I was gonna go to the John Jay College of Criminal Justice oh, oh that'd be cool yeah and would you, would you wanna go to police like your dad yeah something like that I, I wanted to do something related detective or something yeah but I I just uh, stayed in Mexico <laughs> I decided to to do something related to art uh-huh. and yeah I that's what I did like I stayed in Mexico and and I began doing oil painting, acrylics, and then I, I went to New York, <laughs> like five years after that. So, have and, you always done art throughout your whole life? Has that been like one of the consistent things as you moved back and forth? Was art? Yeah, yeah, I've been doing it since yeah, always. But I but I started like doing something more uh, specific. I think when I was twenty three, like ten years ago. So, so like when you were doing it in Mexico and getting into acrylics and oil paintings, were you, you know, creating stuff to sell then at that point and trying to make a living doing artwork? Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to do that. And when I went to New York, I wanted to do the same, but it was hard because, <laughs> yeah. you know, like you have to have context and, uh, yeah, to know the people to, to be in the galleries and everything. And yeah. it was pretty hard for me. So. I would I would bet in New York it's very hard because yeah. there's so many. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It was pretty hard, and then I I went back to Mexico and uh, I started learning to tattoo. Uh, I started learning with a friend, and uh, why why did you decide to start learning how to tattoo? I'm actually oh, really curious what gets people into yeah. that. <laughs> because I wanted to to continue doing art 
and it was hard like to get <laughs> money for the supplies so so I realized that it was easier to do tattoos and to get the the money to do to get the supplies for that so that kind of like was the the main reason at the beginning so at first you're doing tattoos to pay for the art you wanted to yeah. do <laughs> but then like the art uh, became part of the tattoo so <laughs> so when you started doing tattoos like what kind of tattoos were you doing uh, i was doing everything um everything like just whatever people asked me to do i was doing it so yeah. the barbed wire yeah, <laughs> yeah everything in, it's infinity signs and yeah. then the the forest going around the wrist and then the pocket watch <laughs> and the lion and the rose for the men's sleeves and this is this star. is in yeah and the this infinity is in, sign that turns into birds and the infinity sign that's also a feather <laughs> this is in Morel morelos right yeah in, in morelos yeah i did a lot of those tattoos and then uh i went to europe i went to i moved to france wow and uh -huh. I, see i said france you did yeah it's very cultured <laughs> And I, uh, I began tattooing there too for almost two years. So what took you to France? Just, uh, I wanted to move to France for a very long time. And first I went, uh, with a friend to do a trip and I love it. So I went back and found a place to stay and to do tattoos. So where in France? Why? No, where? Where? Oh, in where in France? In the south of France. It's called Mand, the, the town. And I moved to Valence, that is close to Lyon. So yeah, <laughs> I was there for, That's cool. for a few years. Yeah, that'd be fun. So too. at that point, at that point, were you doing enough tattoos that that was paying your rent? And yeah, kind of. <laughs> or are you still having to do kind of some other things too? No, uh, mostly tattoos and paintings. But yeah, I wasn't doing my style at that moment, but I was beginning to practice with watercolor painting. Yeah, and uh, because it was easier for me to travel with the watercolors than True. the oil paintings. So. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, <clears throat> so, yeah, that's where it started. And then uh, I went back to Mexico <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I worked there for two, three years. And uh, then I came here to Utah like two years ago. So, so no, I got to I gotta yeah. ask. So <laughs> you're back and forth from Mexico, New York. You lived in France. Why the hell did you come to Utah? <laughs> like, I love, we obviously love Utah. Yeah, I've been doing this for it, six years, but it like. It seems like a little off your normal beaten path. <laughs> yeah, that, that doesn't seem like the, the town that you're, you're, the state you're going to go to after traveling the world. <laughs> yeah. Well, my plan was actually to move to New York, uh, four years ago. And, uh, I came to New York on December of. 2017 I think 2018 and I have family living here in Utah so they invited me and I came here and I got invited to do a guest spot in the shop so and then I came back uh, two years ago with my wife and I got invited to do a guest spot also and it was on March of 2020 so oh. <laughs> it was during the <laughs> pandemic <laughs> so we just decided to stay here because we like it so so is this where you're going to stay long term or are you yeah. going to, you know, move somewhere else in Europe or something? <laughs> no, we're planning to stay here because we like it here so much. It's pretty calm, pretty quiet. So in all of this back and forth and traveling, where did you find time to find a wife? <laughs> and where did you meet your wife? I, I met her in, in Mexico, uh, in Morelos, uh, four years ago. Yeah. And, uh, so is she from there? Yeah, she's from, from Mexico. Mexico. She's okay. uh, 
her family is from Spain and Mexico, so... Oh, nice. Yeah, and, but yeah, I met her four years ago in Mexico, and but now she's here with me. <laughs> yeah, she's the one in charge of the social media. She's oh. the... Oh, doing all the posting. Yeah, everything you see... All of it is done by her, like the pictures. The That's good because most, most artists really suck at promoting themselves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It took us forever to get him on Instagram. He's no. an architect. Oh, yeah. I no, made me, it for yeah, him and then say, gave him the password. Let me be clear. We didn't get him on Instagram. Sure. His daughter built his profile. I mean, he had no choice. <laughs> I ran like, it for him for a couple what of What he does is houses, which you want to see. And he's uh, like on Twitter. Look at this. This is cool. We're like. Instagram. Instagram buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so good, good decision. You've got a smart wife, it sounds like. So. Yeah, she's a graphic designer and oh, artist nice. also. So she has her own uh, art and she likes to do like uh, things related to the social media. So, and I like her work. So that's why we work Perfect. together. So have you done tattoos on your wife? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she almost has her whole, full sleeve. Do you charge nice. her? Oh no. <laughs> that would be rude. She yeah. charges him. Yeah, yeah, she, yeah. Yeah, she works with me so I pay her. So I'm I'm curious how like you know you were doing oils and and watercolors and and all this other art and you get into tattoos as a way to um you know have a, have an income basically but um you know now you are doing tattoos full time you're you're making a living doing it. At what point did you decide this is this is going to be what I do for tattoos. This is the style of tattoo. This uh-huh. is going to kind of be who I am in the tattoo space, and I'm not just going to do, you know, tribal bands to make ends meet anymore. Uh, it wasn't something that I decided like in a specific day. It was something that I was building. Um, my idea was always to create uh, art in the tattoo. So. So when I was doing oil paintings and watercolors, I uh, I was thinking of a way to translate this into the tattoos. So that's what I was doing everything when I was tattooing because I wanted to to learn how to do everything to be able to tattoo what I wanted to to express. So uh, yeah, it's, it's something that I'm I'm actually still working on, like. It's not something that that is defined already. It's something that I'm still creating and finding a way to do it better. So yeah, how did you? I mean, how did you figure out how to? Because Julie was asking a little bit off air, like, do they heal well? Like, do the colors heal? Uh, because most tattoos, like the first thing I thought when I saw your work is, how does that not fade super fast? Because color is really difficult to work with in a in a tattoo. Yeah. So how? How is it that you have like come up with a way to make that color so incredibly vibrant and to heal so well? Yeah, well, it's a lot of uh, color theory, but um, it's uh, something called uh, uh, high contrast. Uh, yeah. So, so you make what it I bounce so much against the skin that it just seems brighter. Than yeah. It. yeah. What what I do it's uh, I do the lighter colors surrounded by darker colors so those dark colors are gonna hold the whole piece and they're gonna also make look the, the tattoo more colorful so yeah it's yeah i think it's a little bit hard to <laughs> to say like how exactly i do it but it's mostly like that like with a lot of dark colors surrounding the the lighter ones and i mean that's a pretty good explanation <laughs> uh, so and how did you how did you come up with like finding 
those kind of color palettes uh, in the tattoo ink world? I mean, did you just do a bunch of research? You just, you know, try it out on your wife and do some <laughs> Uh No, well, it's something that I was learning when I was doing paintings in the... Yeah, it's something that I that I already know, like how to do it because I was doing the the paintings. I know how how they look, and with the tattoos, it's not so different. It's just like you have to find like the the best uh, inks, the best colors, the best, and um, but yeah, like I I learned how to to find the the best colors by tattooing on other people. Like through the years, like I see how they heal and which one was better or not. So yeah, it was a lot of uh, exper- experiments. Well, it's great because if you if you go look on your website uh, or on on Instagram, a lot of the tattoos on here. A lot of times you see tattoos on uh, artists' Instagrams. They're like immediately post tattoo, and mm-hmm. so they're still like amazing and vibrant. And you see all the redness <laughs> from that tattoo. But there's a lot of here, a, a lot on here that are clearly like. They've come back and you've gotten other pictures of the, the tattoos and the work oh, yeah. as, after it's been completed, you know, and, and had a chance to heal and that sort of thing. And, and it's really quite impressive how, <laughs> how vibrant it stays. Yeah. So tattooing in all those different places, Mexico, New York, Paris, here, did you feel like it was the same or did tat, are tattoos quite different by region or where you lived? Uh, the only difference is the, uh, I think the the skin tones of the of oh. the people, yeah. So I have a lot of experience tattooing like tan or uh, darker skin because I live in Mexico, so I know how to do color in in those type of skin. So which is a big skill to have. Yeah, for me it was something uh, big because I have the knowledge meant to do it in in lighter skin more easier. So right. So the kinds of things you're tattooing didn't really change. It was a lot of the same content. Yeah. One place to another. Yeah, I feel it like was people kinda... that get tattoos, like, that, that's like a thing. Like, they're kind of the same ilk. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like people that get tattoos, like, I don't know. There's well, a, so like, I don't know. They're so like a kind of their own, like, little sub-communities that. But in some places, I guess, if, if you would do a whole lot more crosses and whatever in one place, but over here, you'd see a. Mm-hmm. Different culture. When you tattoo at a college, you get a lot of dolphins and stars. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I feel that there's people that ask like for infinity signs, like here or in Mexico or in France. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter everywhere. where you are. That's, okay. that's kind of what I was like. I feel like it's yeah. the same culture. You have like people just coming in with the standard like stuff that Julia <laughs> listed, and then you've got the people that are like, oh, and I've got those. Now I really like have. Now I dare to get the thing that I really, really want to get or something. I don't know. That's just yeah. my experience. <laughs> so what's been some of the your favorite tattoos? My favorite? Had? Yeah. Um, I think mostly projects. Like right now my favorite project is the Color Out project. And it's something that I was working on the paintings that I was doing. I do like, uh, like the whole arm, like just full of color. So... Uh-huh. That's something that I that I really like, and it's not a specific type of tattoo that I have like favorite. It's just the project, like. So when you get to do somebody's entire sleeve, yeah, I like that. <laughs> what, what's your least favorite tattoo? My least. 
that, that uh, people come in and ask you to do. It may have to be something that you don't do anymore because yeah. I noticed when we were looking through your work that you've been able to now say, this is, this is what I do. I'm I've not going to, don't come to me for something that's yeah. not this. So yeah. it may be I, it's something I've that you've seen some eyes like on chests and <laughs> like on but like, shoulders. So it stuff. might be something that you no longer have to do because you can be more discriminatory, but maybe hmm. something in your past that you're like, oh, all right, I'll do this because I need the money right now that you don't have to do anymore. Yeah. Uh, well, right now, yeah, I, I don't do anything that I don't like because if I don't, if I don't like it, I'm not going to do it right, right. So I prefer like to not do it. But before, yeah, I was doing everything like, and it, it wasn't that I, I didn't like it, but it wasn't my thing. Like I, I don't like to do geometric stuff, for example, because I know that there's it's hard. Yeah, I know that there's a specific, uh, a specific artist that do it like right and they like it. And it's not something that I enjoy doing it. So maybe that's one of the things. So is there, is there a particular body part that you do like to work on? And is there a particular body part you do not like to work on? Uh, I like to do arms, legs, uh, uh, backs. It's, it's hard for me. <laughs> it's pretty hard for me, but I do it like, but yeah. Arms and legs give you a better canvas, yeah. generally speaking, right? And backs are bony. Yeah. <laughs> so they're more painful for people, I would assume. Yeah. Well, for me too, like. <laughs> fine, well, no, fine. I feel like, like an arm you can bring up, but like a back, like you have to have somebody laying down. Yeah. So even if your table is raised, you're and still kind of hunched and over and. Yeah. It is, it is sense. hard for me too. Yeah. Like I can. <sighs> and still hold my arm straight. But if I'm like. <laughs> That's, yeah. I sometimes don't accept like back tattoos because it's hard for me not to do the tattoo, but mostly for the consequences of my body. Like just having to, yeah, yeah, actually work on it for, yeah. Hours. So what's the average length of time for the tattoos you do? Uh, it varies. It can be like three, four hours, seven hours, eight hours. So are you doing hours. full color in the initial session or do you do a lot more where you're doing? All the outline work and then coming back in and doing all the fill-in. Uh, I do it all in one session, mostly. Oh, okay, wow. Yeah, the wow. line work and color. Yeah, I work pretty fast, so maybe like a six, seven inches uh, piece, I do it in four hours, three oh, wow. hours. Oh, sweet. And then, because everyone, I'm sure, asks you, like, how much does the tattoo cost? <laughs> what is your rate? Well, it depends, like, on the project. It's not something, like, You specific. don't do an hourly rate? No, I don't do it. Do by an, piece? Gotcha. Yeah, by piece. Yeah. What's uh, your average? Say someone wants a five-inch tattoo. Five. Mm, it can be something between 500 or 1,200. Just depending on the detail. Depends on the detail. The yeah. color. Yeah, depends on your idea. And, yeah, the placement of the body. Yeah, and before that, I also take my time, like, to... To do the painting because I right. I don't only do the tattoo I do a painting for the design. That's awesome. And I give the painting to my clients. That's, so that's so way cool. cool. That's way cool. So you're able to still do a lot of the stuff that you got into tattooing to support anyway, right? By doing the paintings and stuff. Yeah, first. yeah. For me right now, tattoo it's part of the uh, of the artwork that I do. It's uh, because I I do also sculptor and. Oh. The sculptor, the tattoos, and the paintings is just one part of the of everything. So. Yeah, I've seen some of the little sculptures that you've done. Yeah. I really like them. They're great. The little pumpkin one was cool. Mm -hmm. I saw that on your site, the little pumpkin, and then you did the oh, tattoo yeah. that matches. That yeah. was really cool. So what do you do with the sculptures? Do you sell them? Do you just yeah. give them to or you? I, I sell them and I tattoo them. So 
Yeah, it's kind of like the same thing with the paintings that I do the painting and tattoo the painting and I give it to my client. It's kind of the same with the sculptors. You do such a good job with animals. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just blown away at how because I've seen a lot of really bad animal tattoos, <laughs> a lot of bad animal tattoos. And these are these are really spectacular animals Thanks. that you do. Uh, I, I think you would do an amazing sugar skull. Like, sugar skull I, yeah. I, I can just imagine with the watercolor on a sugar skull would be. Hmm. Out have of you this done world. any sugar skull tattoos? Yeah, I have done like a few. But it's not something that I... I, I was going to say, do you don't usually of. see it in a watercolor medium because it's pretty, usually pretty, pre- like, exact. I think, geometric. So, I think it would look so good in watercolor, though. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I could see it in that, but usually you see them and it's very defined lines because it's it's usually, it, it's it's there for a reason, like, everything, mm. like, there's meaning behind it, so... Yeah, well, it's something that I can do, but the only thing is that I like doing more uh, nature-related mm-hmm. stuff, like yeah, That's portraits, uh, stuff. So flowers. What, what got you into more of the nature thing? Uh, what got me into it? Uh, it? It was what I was painting before, and I enjoy doing that. So that's the animals, flowers. Yeah, more like uh, figure uh, paintings and portraits. So yeah, so, portraits are hard. We have some friends that have some really bad portrait <laughs> so kind of what's the process so let, let's just say hypothetically mm-hmm. i want to get a tattoo so i come to you what's the process so that people can understand how it all works yeah well the process it's uh i open my books like every time like uh, i'm doing it right now on june 5 10 something like that for for appointments for november i think or october so well, yeah, I I post the information for this, and you have to send me an email with the your idea, mm-hmm. what you want, and some pictures of the placement. And yeah, I'll answer to your email and uh, to talk about it. Like, yeah, uh, what what I think about your your idea, what the best placement size, and everything. So got a little bit of an interview process, mm-hmm. and and that's the point where if you're not really comfortable with it, you'll say. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to go find somebody else. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. Because I, I also only show the the design at the appointment. I don't do it before, so a lot of people are not uh, comfortable with that, and I understand that. And so I tell them that, so they they can choose like to go with somebody else. Sure. Or yeah, but it, for some people it's hard, but it's it's the only way that I can do it because I do like a lot of tattoos, so I have like. Uh, a specific time to draw the stuff that right. I have to tattoo. Okay, so let's let's say I want my dog on my shoulder in a bed of flowers mm-hmm. with bees, and you're okay with it. Yeah. Then what? There's no way you'd get a tattoo. Dad. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just going through the but process. Coming out of a pumpkin. <laughs> but if he did, if he did, that would be his tattoo. Probably. So, but just going through the process. So, so you agree? I agree. We set up a time for say November. Uh-huh. So then, what happens when the November time frame comes around? Oh uh, well, before that, you have to send me like some pictures of your dog. Like we have to choose like which one is the best for the project and everything. And yeah, you will see your design at the appointment, and I will show you the the design at the appointment. And you can tell me like if there's something that you want to change, like I don't know, uh, maybe some colors you want to add or to take off, or you you want to I don't know, like add so something else, some small modifications. Yeah, some small modifications. But if you don't, if you don't like the design and you, you really don't like it, we can do nothing. Uh, 
we can just like reschedule and I can do another one or we can cancel the appointment and I can give you like a refund for your deposit. And yeah, it's pretty rarely, but it can happen. Like, sure. I feel like now at this point where you're very specific, I think people would know what to expect when they yeah, get there. Yeah. 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 Usually people know already what they're going to get like, yeah. because I don't do something different than what you can yeah. see on Instagram. So you can already know like what's your tactical look like. Yeah. So it's so, okay. We all agree on everything. Then we set up a time. Mm-hmm. Um, what should somebody expect when they come in to get a tattoo? What they should expect? Yeah. Um, I, I think I, I don't understand I feel like your this question. Is, I feel like this is a question of somebody who has never gotten a tattoo. Yeah, that's why I'm asking is. it. What though. is the tattoo process like? No, so so what should so what should they expect when they show up? Uh-huh. So well, first of a, all, if it's on your shoulder, don't wear a shirt like this <laughs> because you wear, that's hard. Wear a tank top or a shirt you can take off. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, when we book the appointment, I I send you like a list of recommendations for your appointment, so you know like what to bring and what clothes you have to wear. Yeah, but at the appointment, uh, well, I, I mostly just focus on the tattoo, so I rarely speak, <laughs> but I say that in oh, the that, email that's too. That's awesome like, though. I, yeah. I would just like to sit there. I don't need to talk. <laughs> yeah. So people know already, like, it might be that I don't talk at all. I mean, of course, I'm gonna <laughs> say hello so, and everything, uh, but right. like, I'm gonna be focused on the tattoo because I can, o- I can only be focused on one thing. So if I, Talk, I'm gonna talk, not tattoo. So, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many tattoo artists are like ADD or ADHD kind of people. I mean, <laughs> some are, some can be chatty, but I feel like most of the time they, they are like they're, they're, they get lost they in what get they're in the doing. Zone of yeah. doing their artwork. Yeah. I don't know. At least that's been my experience. So, I, I'm curious. So, I was, you know, I've been going, I've actually been looking at your tattoos like all day because I think they're amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but one, like, it's it's a huge piece that you did. Um, it was a phoenix, and I think you I think your name was Brittany. Oh yeah, the like giant like it goes from like shoulder blade down to knee, all down the side, and it's this giant, beautiful like oh, with like the tail feathers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like I, really long I saw that tail one feathers. Too, yep. Like when you uh, come into a project like that, that's a huge piece. Like yeah, how do you come to an agreement to do that big <laughs> of a project? Like that that's going to take a lot of sessions, right? Yeah, uh, we talk about it. Uh, I told her that it might take like four or five sessions. That's and- it. <laughs> It's yeah. a huge piece, and, and too. it took like actually four or five se- sessions. So, Are they like but yeah, a whole we took day, a, like four or five hours, six yeah, hours, four each? hours each session, I think. But yeah, we talked about it first, and I told her like it might take six or even se- seven. I don't know. I always say that it's gonna take more sessions when it's a big project because I don't know like how. That is one nice thing about a flat fee than an hourly fee, though, because then if you tell her it's, you know, three thousand dollars. And it ends up taking, you know, five sessions and you thought it was seven. Mm. That's better for you. You know, but if it ends up taking all seven, she doesn't have to pay like mm. two oh. more sessions worth of time or yeah. whatever. Like I feel I like I kind of like that idea. Yeah. When it's uh, projects like this, I charge by the session. So yeah. so they already know like how many yeah. they're going to pay for each, each session. So that's it nice. might be less. So 
But yeah, it's uh four hours is a lot of time for an artist. I don't even care about the people getting tattooed. Like I get it. Like you <laughs> might you putting yourself there though for the pain for that long, but I feel for like an it's artist, nice. You get to like zone out and the artist gets to do their work and yeah. but like for an artist like four tattooed. four hours, like think about writing for four hours. Because essentially, I mean, you're drawing with a tattoo. Think about writing with so a vibrating yeah. pen. It's so easy to draw for four hours. But think yeah. about drawing with a vibrating pen. Yeah, no, pen. I did one tattoo and <laughs> yeah, it was like, so hard. So did you, I gotta, I gotta know, did you get a tattoo before you started tattooing? Or? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the tattoo did come first. So what, what, was, your first, what was your first tattoo? My first tattoo it's, that you got. Uh, it was barbed wire. <laughs> this, <laughs> this on my wrist that says leaf free. And I got it uh, when I was 18, so like 16 years ago. <laughs> Being rebellious. Yes. <laughs> he was free, finally. From, yeah. <laughs> uh, the tyrannical finally. parents that yeah. moved back and forth <laughs> and taught him how to do the same. So yeah. your personal tattoos, what's your favorite that you have? My favorite, I think uh, this one on my hand that is from uh, a Studio Ghibli film. Yeah. It's uh, Paul's Moving Castle. Let her take a picture. She can pose. That's really yeah. cool. So who did who did that for you? It's a tattooer from Mexico. Uh, his name is uh, Skellington. And what's it from? Mexico, Mexico City. No, no, no the, the, the it's the, an anime. Uh, Studio Ghibli. Uh, oh. Who holds Moving Castle? I think it's in. Oh, okay. okay, okay. Yeah, uh, it's. And yeah, do you have any? My... Do you have any of them that you regret? Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have any people. face tattoos yet, so there's time. <laughs> there's time. Yeah. So, do you do a lot of do you do a lot of cover up stuff, or is that just not something you even want to? Gosh, it would be hard to do a cover up with yeah. your stuff. I've I've done it sometimes, but it also depends. Like, if you are open for me to do like whatever, because if you have a specific idea, it might be hard to do it. Right. So you must be open, like, for me to, to do something else. To try to cover up. Cause some of those can mm-hmm. be gnarly. Yeah. To try to cover up. Yeah. I, but I, I, I dumb some, like, and it's really hard to tell that that is a cover up. Yeah. I really like some of the, the very, you've got some on here that are like almost full sleeves or like quarter sleeves, but it's all like washed color. I think those are amazing. <laughs> Thanks. There, there's no like real form. It's not like an animal. But that's, that's why there, I said it. Like... It looks like he just drew it. It doesn't look like a tattoo. Like yeah. it looks like somebody mm-hmm. was like. So my daughters have, they call them sister tattoos. They're just outlines. And my one daughter is an artist, and she actually just uses it to like color. And so when she colors her tattoo, it looks like she uh-huh. drew on her arm because she colored it. And I feel like that's kind of what yours look like because they're so bright. Mm-hmm. It looks like a marker and it <laughs> looks like somebody just drew. It doesn't look like a tattoo. And I think that's kind of fun. Yeah. Like, it it ever done literally anything? looks like art. <laughs> With the glow in the dark stuff. Have you ever done any of that? Uh, no, because it, it's uh, inks that haven't been approved. So like there's not so much research on those uh, inks. So do they, do you know, do those last? To me, it seems like have I ever told you about my buddy Dan's tattoo? <laughs> the, oh, yeah. So when, this is like, he got a tattoo, uh, God, this was probably close to 20 years ago. Uh, and it was right when the UV ink first came out. And he got a tattoo of vanilla ice on his calf, on the back of his calf, in UV ink. <laughs> so that when he turned off the lights... So the coolest one <laughs> I've seen. Ice glowed on the back the of his calf. The coolest one I've seen is the Cheshire Cat face, like when it fades in... Um, Alice in Wonderland and the UV is the rest of the body so when you turn it off it's the whole Cheshire Cat but when 
there's no light on it. It's, it's just, just the, the face. Just the smile on the face. Which I think is kind of cool. That is but, a cool use of it. But I don't know. Like, I just always want to see my How tattoo. How are you going to be around a black That's light? why I that said, like, I would be, I would be <laughs> mad. Unless you're a raver, like. I think they don't, they don't last. I, no, I, I don't, don't think, think they, that they do. I don't think his lasted very long. No. The UV, again, like you said, it's not really approved stuff yet. It's still. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, whatever makes it fluoresce, I'd be worried to have in my skin. <laughs> yeah. It's a. Uh, it's like tattooing with lead or mercury. It's frowned upon. <laughs> so, so where's your shop currently? Uh, well, I work at the Misery and Co. Company. It's uh, uh, close to the Gateway. So, oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And are, are you are you there every day, or you're by appointment only? I'm assuming by appointment, appointment only. only. Yeah. yeah. So, do you share this 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 space with a lot of people, or is it only a handful? Yeah, of uh, we are uh, three more artists at the shop. It's uh, Jane the Stranger. And stuff and lines and Danny, she does. Uh, he does uh piercings. Oh, yeah. And well, uh, Jane the Stranger, she does uh black work stuff and stuff and lines also. But yeah, I, I work with them. Yeah, that's <laughs> really cool. Misery and Company Tattoo Collective. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right down by the gateway. I <laughs> love the names of t- tattoo places. Like they usually oh. come up with such cool names. Is that? Uh... Holy crap, is that in the building by Mechanized where Mechanized used to be? I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm trying to think. I of think where that you're having at. a personal moment on the podcast. <laughs> I am having a personal moment on the podcast because I'm trying to picture exactly where this place is at. Cause uh, it's, so do you have plans of opening your own studio someday or are you happy just working uh, out of other studios? Uh, well, right now, uh, I don't know, like, but in the future, yeah, uh, we have plans of, of doing, uh, a gallery, our gallery and oh, a tattoo that show. Would be cool. It's yeah. right by where Bricks used to be, <laughs> right? Club oh. Sound. You probably don't even know. I bet it was no. gone by the time you were there. <laughs> I heard so there that, was a venue right yeah, there. Yeah, the corner of 2nd South and 6th West right there. We used to, for the for years, for 20 plus years, it was a club and a, and a concert venue. And mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, okay. I know exactly. Is I've it in the same a, building? No, it's no, in the building, the building east of it, that right, building okay. next door. Um, I've been to some really cool parties and art galleries that used to be in the building. <laughs> tattoo studios and years ago. <laughs> I, I used to do what she just said people with UV ink tattoos would do. So. <laughs> so, so does your wife do tattooing or she does other art? Graphic. And she does other art. Yeah, more graphic. Yeah. But she comes up, does she, is she the one that takes all of the pictures for you or do yeah. you? Yeah, so pictures, she videos, awesome. everything. Yeah. So how much touching up does she do before she puts it on, <laughs> the, on social media? No, she doesn't. She, uh, she mostly does like, uh, some like editing, but like, like, uh, cropping the picture, like, yeah. just to the putting right it angle. on a better background and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Or making sure that, like, it's your image and not, like, half of somebody else's yeah. image or something. Yeah. Who knows, though? Like, y- you don't know where tattooing is going to go. They got cool 3D printers. They might have, like, <laughs> Graphic designers that can plug their stuff into a tattoo gun that just... Three- It'll take 20 hours to do, though. Whatever. No, that'll be fast, because it's not a 3D printer if it's just a tattoo. Put your arm in there. <laughs> you, I mean, I could imagine, right? Like, I mean, they have, like, the nail painting machines. So. Yeah, so, like, what's to say a tattoo machine isn't isn't down the road? Maybe your wife will... You'll be, like, the the old school, like, hand tattoo, and your wife will be doing it all digitally. I saw there was a project uh, a few years ago. I think it was done by T-Mobile. And they were doing like uh, long distance tattooing. So the artist was like in New York, for example. And he was going to tattoo somebody in, in the Netherlands. So they built something like a 
like a mechanic gun machine and oh wow that's oh, cool. it's like a robot it's yeah, like, like the remote surgeries i would assume similar to the concept of remote surgery well it's like so like the the like augmented so the augmented reality stuff this is this is like a lot of people talk about the metaverse and like oh, how's it going to take hold well it's doing that now in places like the medical industry where people are using augmented reality so like vr headsets and and gloves to do things like virtual dissections of cadavers mm-hmm. and then they can send stuff off to pathology and instantaneously have pathological reports of the stuff they're doing because and and then and this happened this last year there was a guy at cambridge that gave a lecture to students around the globe at the same time in a virtual environment where they did just that they were able to like dissect a human liver in this virtual environment and I, I don't think that stuff's that far away from being well, a reality. And- yeah, like like the Da Vinci machine is like that was even like twelve, fifteen years ago, and that was that's all completely like the doctors using these little controls and the machines the doing, doing all yeah, the work. which could easily be like a remote thing. So yeah, that's that would be that's interesting. Not that far. Would you go for that if like? You could do, cause you already do like the art piece before you do the tattoo. Mm. Like, would you go for that? Like you do the art piece and scan it and then that get, that scan gets then tattooed on someone and you don't actually have to do the tattoo work. No, because, uh, even though that I do the, the design before, I always do changes when, when I'm with yeah, the client yeah. because. Well, it's live. Uh, like, how yeah, can you not? Yeah. So. I, I adapt the design to the, to the shape of the muscles, for example, or the different placement so if you could do it remotely though would you so you're doing it uh, and somebody's actually in so new york then you could go back to mexico and do <laughs> stuff here or it'd be in france or i, I can still do it like or I, india I, I, or wherever <laughs> yeah well i travel to do guest spots in different countries and cities oh, so, that's so that, cool. it's something that i already do. that would be cool so how, I, how do you get into that that's a that, you know i I don't, I know a lot of tattoo artists. I don't know a lot of them that do guest spots around the world. Like, how did that become a thing for you that you were able to mm-hmm. start doing guest spots in places all over the, all over the world? Uh, well, at the beginning, I was, uh, looking for some spots in different cities that I was visiting. But now I got, I get invited to do guest spots in, uh, Chicago, New York, uh, France, uh, Germany. Cause I just think your artwork's so amazing. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> it is. Cause it, it, is. it is. I like, I'm not. <laughs> It is really good stuff. Thank you. <laughs> well, I've I've never I, I've never seen anything quite like what you do. Mm. I mean, maybe it's out there, but I've never seen. Yeah, anything there's stuff that's close, but not quite consistently. Like what you do. It's just everything. Just I have so to be honest. Real. Tattoos are trashy. That's what I'll tell everyone. That's what he tells everybody. <laughs> My wife has tattoos. I actually don't have a problem. He with He buys them. them for me. I. I would get a tattoo from you, and that's saying that's a lot. That's saying something, because he's never said that before. <laughs> and I've talked to a lot of tattoo artists. Like, this is, like, really amazing stuff. <laughs> Thank uh, you. It would it would be a... The, I don't know what I would get, though, so it would, it's not going to happen. So no. the, the thing that I want to, <laughs> to get with tattoos is uh, to, also, to also change the perception of the tattoos, because... Oh, they're beautiful. Yeah, a lot of, a lot of tattoos are not considered, like, artists. And, that's true. Uh, Which I, is really sad, because they're... <laughs> All artists like that. People yeah. don't understand the kind of work that goes into something like yeah. that. Yeah. And I want to do like something pretty different, like <laughs> something unique that it's considered art. And so, yeah, that's what I'm looking for with tattoos. It's not something, it's not just tattoo. Like I want it to be considered art. Like that. kind of cool it. that you get like a physical, like two physical pieces of art. 
Yeah. Like you get the, the art on your body and then the art you could hang on your wall or set on your desk or whatever. It's kind of the tattoos themselves are unique, but I don't know that I've ever like you can get sketches sometimes of your tattoo, but never yeah. like the full like this was the inspiration for this. Yeah, it's a you know, that's that's cool. Yeah, it's a it's a custom piece of art, artwork and it's a. It's like a designer product. It's like yeah, something yeah. unique that you only gonna have. Like nobody else is gonna have it. So that that makes it more special, like more unique. It's culture. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stop looking at your tattoos. <laughs> I'm just like so distracted. I already sketched I just, out my new one while we were talking. Um, then, like, I don't understand why you would sketch your own tattoo. The concept. <laughs> well, because she's got to present an idea. Yeah. I, know. I get it. Is it dolphins? Uh, uh, although no. people, although. Artistically inept people like us, like me, mm-hmm. I just like bring things and say, I like these physical things. Make I will awesome. say, all joking aside, looking at all the animals and all the stuff that he did, he would do amazing dolphins. <laughs> so if you want dolphins in like the small of your lower back. No. <laughs> just say no. Just say no to low back tattoos. <laughs> if you want that, you're probably under 23 years old. Um, but. He would Coming do really good crap, Grace. Even my <laughs> even my under twenty three year old doesn't have that crap. That's dolphin I crack. Warned, that's because I warned them. Don't get tattoos there before you're twenty three. Dolphin cause crack. Because after twenty three, you won't want them. So, oh man, these are great. Um, how can people get a hold of you? Uh, obviously, you're you're down at uh, Misery and Company. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, how do how do people get a hold of you if they want to book a tattoo or start uh, talking about that? They can send me a direct message on Instagram or Facebook. They can find me as Patrick Cat Tattoo. That's the easiest way, I think. And it's uh, it's really easy to find him. It's really hard. It's <laughs> yeah, really he's hard not spelling to. anything weird. It's Patrick, Patrick Cat, Cat Tattoo. Tattoo. Or can yeah. they go into the tattoo parlor? No, because... Uh, no Watkins. Yeah, no Watkins. It's gotcha. uh, by appointment only. And when they go, I'm tattooing, so I can't, like... Stop and yeah, you can't like you can't stop and be like, yo, what do you what do you need? I got a book of stuff up front. You can (laughs) get a couple hours. Yeah, well, I have actually a a book of secret designs that you can only see in the studio in the shop when you have your appointment. It's something that I I only show in person. Yeah, it's like your big like a bigger portfolio of stuff. Yeah, Yeah, that's that's great. (laughs) Uh, Awesome, awesome. Um, Question. You gotta ask the question. Yeah, I was getting there. I thought you had a question. <laughs> no, I thought you were gonna forget. You looked no. like you were about ready to forget. <laughs> no, 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 no. I do have a lot of writing on my sheet today, though. Um, but, uh, what, so you've been, you've been all over the world. You spent a lot of time in Mexico, obviously, New York, France. Um, now that you're here in Utah, what is the most interesting or unique thing that you would, uh, tell someone or that you've discovered in Utah in your time here? What I discovered here? Yeah, most interesting or unique thing. Uh, it's for before coming here. I think Berlin was my favorite city. I for me Berlin had everything. But when I came here, I I found that it was maybe my second favorite city. <laughs> we're, we're better than Berlin. Wow. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I like it because it's pretty calm and quiet, like I said before. And and I don't know. I I haven't been in a place like this, like pretty. I don't know. It's something unique, like being so close to the mountains also, like to the nature. Well, that's, I mean, that's got to be close to your heart because like 
where you grew up in Mexico, that's mountainous Mexico. That's yeah. beautiful rainforest. Yeah. This is mountainous desert. So yeah, <laughs> a little different. But. Yeah, a little different, but yeah, I like it so much. And I really feel that I can live here like for a long time. So yeah, I like that. And I like that it's a, a place where I can build something, uh, for the art also. So do you, do you and your wife have kids yet? My wife has a kid. He's yeah. uh, 20 years old. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. 21 almost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, any plans? You guys want other kids or are you good? No, I don't think we're going to have some. <laughs> yeah, She's like, I'm yeah. done. 21. Yeah, I, I'm I, done. I don't blame her. <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah. about, what about pets? You have like clearly a huge love for animals. <laughs> Do you guys have pets? Yeah, we had a cat. Well, we still have it. He's in Mexico with my parents, oh, but okay. we couldn't bring him with us because he has like a lung problem. So... He gets suffocated pretty fast. He can run or jump. So, oh, yeah. but yeah, he's, he's okay with my parents now. They have three more cats, so he's not alone. <laughs> yeah, but we want to have one here too. Well, well, Patrick, thanks so much for joining us. <laughs> Thank um, you. It's been a, a lot of fun to talk to you. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for inviting <laughs> All right, Julia, do you want to uh, have our guest is going to hang with us for uh, a few more minutes? you want to have him pick yep. an Oracle pick card? Pick a card. Pick a card. It's our fortune for the week. <laughs> you know, it's a good interview when they okay, stick around. So read that yeah. side and then read the other side into the microphone. Okay, it says you are loved and you're here for a reason. Don't fuck it up. <laughs> uh, there we go. There you go. Awesome. You are loved. You are loved. I like the backside of that one. You're, you're here, here for, for a reason. reason. Don't fuck. <laughs> It's pretty good. <laughs> um, so hopefully you guys liked what you heard. Uh, again, just a quick reminder, um, July 16th and 17th, how appropriate. I'm sure that's why Brie put it on here yeah. this week. But uh, uh, the Ink Against Cancer folks are doing their annual fundraiser. Uh, you should do that. Utah State <laughs> Fair Park. Um, yeah, that would actually be kind of cool. Um, probably have to be next year. He's booked. Yeah. <laughs> I just took one of his spots for the end of the year. <laughs> Um, uh, and, uh, there's a bunch of crap happening this weekend. Pride Festival, um, you farmer's know, market farmer's opens. market. I don't know. There's the so first many. weekend in June. It's my daughter's birthday. I don't know. Whatever. It's, yeah. I'm moving a bunch bed of shit. upstairs. Like there's a ton of oh, stuff. Oh yeah. Going we got to move her again, but within the same house. So I don't know. Uh, <laughs> fun stuff. <laughs> so, uh, I hope this is why he's not having more kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kids are, kids are done. They, when they get old and out of the house, you're like, why the hell would I have another one? <laughs> like they're gone. They're out of here. Uh, share the episode. Uh, that's what helps us the most. You can follow us out on social media at TNU Podcast um, on all the things uh, except Snapchat. Yeah, we're not on We Snapchat. have a TikTok, don't we? Do we have no, a TikTok? No, we haven't started a TikTok. No. I, I should start the that's TikTok. That's your job. Well, I do the Facebook. <laughs> no one does Facebook except me, and it's not even all the stuff on Facebook. Like I'll go check it; it's all for Julia. It's all stuff it's on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, because they're tied together. Auto posts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and go out to our website, thenewutah.com. All the blogs are up to date. Um, hopefully, this one will be up to date as well. Um, <laughs> check out <laughs> Patrick Tattoo. He's got some yeah. amazing yeah. stuff. I know we've talked about throughout the episode, but I will show off my tattoo when I get it. But you have to see birthday. it to believe it. His stuff is it's really cool. Cla- you get, it's he. I mean, he he described it really well, but it's it's really hard to get from a vocal description. You should just go out and look at his stuff on Instagram. Uh, and thanks for listening. Hopefully you have a, uh, uh, a, a great rest of your week. Um, don't water your lawn when it rains, you dumbasses. And, uh, yeah, it's a drought, people. Check out the planets. Bye. Bye.